Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Before we officially uh, begin our chat with narrator Therese Plummer, we wanted to give you two things. One, spoiler potentials for Virgin River as she is the narrator of the series, as well as those that may not have watched it yet or it's an entirety on Netflix. So again, just a heads up, we did discuss the series, the individual books a little bit, as well as the Netflix show. Um, personally, nothing I think that would ruin anything, but again, sometimes people love spoilers and some people don't want to know about them. So before you continue to listen, um, just keep that in mind. The other thing, trigger warning. We did discuss car accidents, um, drunk driving. Unfortunately, she was a victim of a drunk driver in a car accident that was very major and, uh, life-changing for her. And we dived into that conversation because we both believe it's important to have it as well as to recognize that this is her new life and what that entails. So if you have any triggers regarding drunk driving, car accidents, a rehab or anything like that, that are, you know, if you've lost someone in a similar situation, please be aware that, you know, we discussed that that was towards the end of the episode. But again, it's part of a conversation that we both feel it's important. And now, on to the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with narrator Therese Plummer. Thank you so much for being here, and welcome to the Audiobook Loving Series. How are you doing today? Doing so well. It's a gorgeous day in New Jersey, and super happy to be with you. Good, good. Yeah, we're having a good day here in Florida, too, so it's good that we're on the same coast, but so vastly different weather. It's amazing how this world works. <laughs> Well, thank you again for being here. We're going to have so much fun and anticipating it. Um, but why don't we start by having you telling us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating and how you got started. Oh, of course. Uh, well, like you just said, my name is Therese Plummer. I've been narrating for about, gosh, going on 20 years. Um, that's crazy. Uh, no, that's not that long, maybe 15 years. Um, and I got into this industry totally by accident. I uh, came to New York to do acting, film and TV. And uh, as I was pursuing that, I fell into an audiobook class at one of the Actors Connections where you meet casting directors. And my mom is an audiobook uh, fanatic and she was telling me all the time you got to do audiobooks you got to do audiobooks and I was like mom what is this audiobook thing like I'd never listened to one so it was funny I found myself in a class with Robin Miles who is also a phenomenal narrator and a, I can luckily say a really good friend today and uh, she told me I should be doing this and so I ended up taking a class with her and fig and uh, learning what goes into recording an actual audiobook, which is a lot of work. Um, it's not uh, it's not cut and dry. Yeah, and so then I was lucky enough to land uh, a couple gigs after that, and then I just continued to build relationships, and I've been working pretty steadily for the last 15 years, so super lucky. Yeah. Way to go, mom. Thank you. Yeah, it's all mom. <laughs> Moms are always right. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. It, no, but I mean, it's just the fact that she even knew about it at that time. Because like, I've always said that it seems like 
when you're in school, all you hear about when you grow up, things you want to be, and you hear things like teaching and doctors and lawyers and you know paramedic, which are all admirable careers choice, including underwater basket weaving. But we don't, <laughs> you know, we don't really get to hear that whole concept of wait, I, I, I can do this stuff that I already love to do as far as reading and get paid. Yeah. And yeah. Like, even think about the photographers. I can take pictures of the hot guy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I never considered it. I never even thought it would be anything. I was just like, okay, fine. I'll just like, what, what is she talking about? And then, yeah, it's, it's like been a sustainable career for the last 15 years. So cool. Oh, so cool. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like looking through your catalog and I'm like, scroll, 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 because you have like, Audible is saying 480. But we also <laughs> know that that number is probably completely skewed for various reasons <laughs> and up and coming books. But you, the girl, that's a lot. There's a, a lot, lot of books. books. Those are a lot of words, right? Yes. That's a lot of words. Well, you know, they're not, you got to go on. Um, so I have a pseudonym because this is like the romance, the romance, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah. So I record under Savannah Richards as well. And then for the extra, extra cheeky, the erotica stuff, it's under GC Von Klautz. GC stands for Girl Creeper. My friend and I came up with that when we were at Rockaway Beach one day. We were laughing. And but so when I do the really dirty books, <laughs> I do it under GC Von Klautz. <laughs> So it's probably over 500 is yeah. yeah yes yes yeah. and that's why some that's why so i said for various reasons just because uh. i i know that many of the narrators and sometimes even authors will switch up the names based on the different genres and not because they're ashamed okay let's be honest in some cases they're not maybe not be their piece of cake you know but the majority of the time it's just to differentiate that's it what kind of book it is and the audience that's so, it. That's yeah. exactly right. It's just, yeah, it's like, okay, so you know if you get a Savannah Richards book, it's going to be, you know, little PG-13 to rated R romance. For Therese Plummer, it's going to be like PG to PG-13. <laughs> Although some of the murder books I've done have been pretty intense. Some of the vampire books I've done. Yeah, so I, I don't know if I can say PG. They've been pretty violent, so I don't know. But it's interesting, too, sometimes when they when they talk about those type of categories they don't stop to differentiate that you know violence blood and gore right is in the same category as the sexy stuff the you know the the body parts that go into the acts and the moans you know kind of a thing yeah, isn't that same. interesting yeah I know. that really is it's like oh we'll say you know it's erotica and stuff but they never talk about the violence it's like that is so, I know. I've been thinking about that a lot more lately, especially with the current climate. I mean, it's not current, but it's just, we're in a pretty, pretty big crisis in our, in our country with, you know, gun violence and everything happening. And so like, yeah, talk about the violent, like have a disclaimer at the beginning, right? Yeah. Just, you know, the trigger um, warning that romance has been yeah. known for like either praise for including them or like, why didn't you add that this was a trigger? And yeah. also, and, and I know it's hard sometimes to know what would trigger something because there's so many different things out there. But just because I'm picking up a murder mystery doesn't mean that I don't need to know yeah. <laughs> that yeah. something else, you know, that there's going to be a deeper dive into something, whether, you know, pulling the blinds. dive into suicide or, you know, violence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then the person can make a choice before getting like three chapters in and then being like fully triggered. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
or even enjoying it and just getting to that point where you're not you're you know you know chapter four is what happens you know or chapter three like you mentioned or it could be in the middle or towards the end and you're so invested in everything and then all of a sudden it hits you out of nowhere because you just read that one word or that one line and it just like nope I can't Uh -uh. Mm -mm. that's it man that's it yeah but they're really focused on the sex aspect and again that kind of goes back to our society and how that is looked and it's still a taboo subject and then the fact that it's you know usually romance is written by women for women and stuff like that so right right. the world we live in but I think it's Uh, a good conversation to have and to just put it out there too that you know it needs to include whether it's a murder mystery even if sometimes a cozy mystery that may not get totally into it if it's insinuated it needs to have a warning yeah I agree I agree. A disclaimer, just like, hey, just so you know, this is gonna, this book involves blah, blah, blah. And if you're good, enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, some people are, don't have triggers or are needed for that, but just, you always try to cater for that one individual yeah, just in case. Just be sensitive to that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, so, but thank you so much to your mom and to, to yeah. Robin Miles too, which I love and adore. Yeah. Um, to, to kind of get you on this path where we get to have over 500 books um, with a variety of spice. <laughs> <laughs> and I love also too how you busted out with the whole, you know, like initials, but instead of just saying um, MP, you know, you literally had a name for it or, you know, a reason behind it. Because, you know, sometimes with pseudonyms, they'll just throw something else in there. But the fact that you stopped, you stopped and thought about it, that was like awesome. Oh, yeah, man. I was with my girlfriends at the beach and we were just like laugh. It was early, early in the days. And she was like, you should come up with my friend Krista. She's like, you should come up with GC. And we were dying. And then we were, I was speaking in like the accent of GC Von Clouds. You know, what's really fun for, for me as an actor is just to have like a pseudonym and to have like a whole nother personality that can just, you know, regardless of being raised Irish Catholic, I can just slip into Savannah Richards and then just bring these books to life in a way that maybe I couldn't as just Therese Plummer, you know? And so it gives me the freedom to tell that story and honor that author in a way, you know, since since I am in a pseudonym. And and one time they had me go to um, a book signing at Book BookCon um, at Javits Center. And, and I was signing as Therese Plummer. And then I went in the bathroom and put my wig on. And I came out as GC Von Clouts. And it was so funny. They switched the thing and they're like, and now was the... And that, oh my God, it was just so fun as an actor to like have that opportunity to do that. Really fun. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I think that that's one of the best things that if I if I could go back in time and potentially and, and have to do because I had this discussion because I originally wanted to do like write books myself, but went through. I love my name, um, and I kind of like okay, but I really love my name. Do I really want to change it from an author perspective? Is what I was thinking. But now that I'm doing all this stuff with the podcast, I'm going. Dude, the amount of fun I could have been having with wigs and just a different type of personality if I had chosen a pseudonym. <laughs> right? You just can just, a- it gives you that freedom, that yeah. full freedom. Oh, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. You can and still do it. I could. Mm, if you want. That. Yeah. yeah fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but also it's like, okay, are you getting Vivi? Or are you getting, you know, fill in the blank? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And the podcast is so cool. So yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a fun conversation. I love it when you guys 
do these variety of things because it's almost like having that different little aspect of you as part of that individual as well mm. and we're kind of getting to see a little bit a different side mm -hmm. but but i also know that um if i would have met you under gc van clouds you would have been forever yeah <laughs> van clouds or savannah because it's i am not going to be that girl that outs you okay <laughs> i got you i got you i know and and people take it yeah i really appreciate that i appreciate that because i mean it's totally we've had this conversation with other individuals that are completely open i mean they will put it on their website they will have the one email that takes care of everything but there's some other narrators and authors that use the pseudonym for a variety of reasons um, but they don't want to be outed and there's a, you know, for whatever their reasons are, that's enough. It's yeah. what, the fact that they've said, this is who I am. That's it. That should be enough yeah. for the listeners and the readers. And so the last thing I want is to be that girl that accidentally outs somebody. So yeah. I, yeah. the name I meet you under is what I'm going to call you. Now, granted, if we were at a book signing and I saw you in the wig, I'm like, ah, oh, JC's here. <laughs> Get the drinks. You would know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. So good. With you doing this since you were five, starting this over 20 years ago, um, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure your process of prepping a book has changed drastically considering I'm, I'm betting that you used to get like actual paper manuscripts. Oh my God. Well, recorded books used to actually give me the book. <gasps> I had like an actual book and I was like, this is so cool. So I'd sit down and I read my book. Nice. And then what they would do is they would make photocopies of the pages um, and for me to bring into the studio. And then we would, yeah, man, it has changed so much. And then the iPad has made things, you know, and I annotate and different programs like that has made things so much easier, but I miss pages, man. I miss books. I saw this guy reading a book on a plane once and it, the, the pages were yellow and they were like folded over and crinkly. And I had like a moment, oh. <laughs> a moment where I was like, I miss books. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is that they're not going anywhere. No, I know. I know. But I spend so much of my time reading and on performing devices. on the on the iPad. Yeah. I mean, I'll open a book. This is so embarrassing. And I'll like find myself trying to, <laughs> trying to like do the painting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I just start laughing and I'm like, nobody saw that, right? Nobody saw that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, it's so bad. <laughs> oh, I, my thing, uh, I've, cause I've done it a few times has been when you're trying, cause it's getting darker and you need to have something a little bit brighter and you're like, swipe up to get the, to the menu. I'm going, it's not getting any brighter because it's a fucking book. It's a book. <laughs> it's an actual book. You need to go under a lamp. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I, I will be the girl though, that if I love a book, whether I read it in e in like an e, you know ebook format or if I listen to it in audio, and I know that I want to get it signed by the author and or the narrator, I will go ahead and pop and buy it just so I can put it in my bookcase. Oh, like, that's like, awesome! Gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. you're like a huge audiobook fan, obviously, right? So like, how long have you been listening to audiobooks? Oh, um, it, funny enough, I, I found that my mom kept the vinyl 
Pinocchio from Disney storytelling and it still works and it's in perfect mint condition because that's how we were you know back in the day you kept things in good condition people you did not take them things for granted but I've been reading books in general I mean my mom had a picture of me and sitting in the toilet reading a book (laughs) as a three-year-old I think I was a toddler Um, and so I've always been the girl that reads the books and then life kind of hit in my early 20s where I was like shit this sucks being an adult um bills and working and making things end meets and stuff like that that I stopped for a while got back into it and then said hey there's there's got to be a happy medium for me somewhere where I can still do what I need to do to you know life um but also enjoy the books and then I'm like that's right they used to be known as books on tape (laughs) well that's the other thing they used to be cassette tapes man like that I had to do the intros for a bunch of them I remember (laughs) do you know George Guadal he's like the godfather of audiobooks he's recorded over like a thousand books and he's got the voice of butter and so he recorded Les Mis and I had to do the the and you've reached the end of cassette one, Les Miserables, cassette two, Les Miserables, cassette three. And it was literally like 50 effing cassettes. And I had to stop after like 35 because I had hypnotized myself. <laughs> and I was like, we need to take a break for one second. I just, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Mm-hmm. We were laughing so hard. But the people, I don't know. I think people don't remember because everything's you download, download. It's so easy now. But yeah, cassettes, man. Yeah. That was the way. Yeah. And then and then it became CDs. And that was awesome too because I'm going, I can listen now in my car on my way to work. That's right. And then right. someone with your voice would be like, end of CD one. Please insert yes. CD two. <laughs> and I'm going, crap, I forgot that this story is going to be 36 CDs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We really have made advances. I mean, I guess Absolutely. Audible had their pulse, you know, they, they knew, but it's just, oh man. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Ahead. I think, I think it's, it became when like, um, my space kind of became more of a thing with the, the video sharing and the file sharing of music Yeah, that the, the concept of, Hey, we can put all this stuff into one MP3 file. That's right. And have someone grabs the item, in this case, a book, and have it just be one click because yes. we are busy. And, uh, yeah. us, but heaven forbid we misplaced that one CD or that, the, you know, the cassette. We're going, where is it? I cannot go on with the next the next chapter unless I have, you know, chapter five and, you know, CD 20. Right, um, right, yeah. Right. Oh my God, so many. And the library. So my mom worked as a systems librarian. And so she would always get her audiobooks for free. And she, you know, had a commute to work uh, like a half hour or maybe an hour each way. And so she was constantly listening audiobooks and I remember being like oh it's like a librarian thing it's just like a library thing that or a mom thing Mm -hmm. I'm telling you I was such a snot and then she like you know she still always has an audiobook in her car and you know what honestly she still listens to the cds yeah yeah it's okay she has an old Subaru and she's just like I love it I love it I'm like mom you are so you're just, you're just, you're old school and you are like the classic. You're like a classic. Well, I think it also goes back to similar how, you know, you were mentioning and talking about the feel of a book. Yeah, that's that, right. That moment of being able to, you know, flip through the pages and, and also, I mean, the paper also has a different smell depending on how old the book is. The one thing I love to do is go through like 
antiquing and thrift shopping, not only do I look for really unique items, but I definitely head over to the book section because I want to see the, the the covers. I want to see the different materials that they used to use yes. for the covers. Yes. But then also just go, ah, the smell of books. The smell <laughs> of books. Oh my God, totally. Oh my God, I'm going to like open my bookshelf. I have like, everything is covered in this beautiful piece of furniture I'm going to open it up and just look at my books when we're done here <laughs> well a lot of it goes in I think it's it's a bit of a um, people that don't stop to think about what goes into a book from writing the story to getting it edited to getting it book cover to getting the artwork you know to make it unique yeah. for those that are into marketing and branding yeah. so on and so forth a lot of it goes into that yeah. There's a lot of different steps and then add now it's an audio and you know, how does that work and how does that look? There's a lot of work that goes behind everything that is created and to have that physical item in your house that you can pick up whenever you want to read it as a comfort read or as a, I, I need a mental health break <laughs> and here I go to pick this book up and stuff like that. Absolutely. It's, people have forgotten that there's still a lot of work um, again, based on digital, you know, stuff and stock imaging sites, but still it's the, the concept of picking that book up and then, or listening to it and knowing that the author words are coming to life because of you guys, the narrators mm. and putting your own artistic spin on the characters, but still staying true to the vision that the author wanted for that individual character is oh, yeah. a gift. Well, and being able to talk to the author before going in and being like, hey, so these are your people. Talk to me. How do you, how did you hear her in your head? Like, how did you, cause you want to honor that as much as possible, you know, like, and a lot of times they'll be like, just take it. Like it is such a gift to, to spend all that time to create a story and all these characters and all of this stuff, especially if it's a series. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. You do and a lot of series. <laughs> turn it over to the author, to the narrator and be like, I trust you. Like you are a professional performer. You will bring these to life. It is, it's, it's, I feel like it's, it's kind of secret, right? It's, there's, there's this moment of trust where you're, so if I get a chance to talk to the author before, during, or after, and just really like assure them, like, okay, I have the vibe and the energy that you're talking about for this story. And now I really hope I make you proud. And a lot of times they're the ones who pick the voice, right? So you're already like who they want to tell your, their story. But I, I don't know. I think it's important to just be like, any accents, any pronunciations, like how did you hear this name said in your head? Because it's the worst when like you've spent all that time creating a story and then maybe you listen to the audiobook and they're like calling the main character the complete wrong name. I would be like, no, that's not it. It's not Teresa, it's Therese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, I, I think that also that's changed in the 20 years that you've been doing this. I, I, I'm going to assume that back in the day, you got the manuscript, the producer or the director provided you with any inside information that they, yes. they have may have gotten, and then you roll with it. Now, yes. I think it's a, people have realized that it's a lot more of an intimate process that, you know, to get that information as far as the accents, the cadence of the character, yes. you know, um, whether they're happy-go-lucky or maybe they're a little bit more quieter and stew, yes. uh, all that fun stuff will help you provide that bringing to life moments as well. Yes, yes, that's such a good point. And the author in a in a well-written book, I mean, all like people ask, they're like, well, how did you come up with that? And I'm like, the name 
Julia Whalen just did a really funny TikTok about. Yeah. She, did you see that? Oh, she, of course, it's Julia Whalen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love her. Amazing. I love her. And she did the guy's voice, and she's like, "But the author told her, gave her all the direction, exactly how to do that." And then, because of her absolute gift and talent, she just, you know, she was able to do it. And I wrote to her, "Oh my God, that was such a hot voice! <laughs> like you just made it." She laughed so hard. We we have such a good time with like women doing men's voices, but yeah, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and husky or like throaty or like you know, like just he lost his breath or you know he got choked with emotion or we get all our direction, you know, in the script. So it's just, it's it's really important to just honor that. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned how, um, you know, the you guys as, as ladies doing the male voices is so fucking hot. Oh. There have been, Julia's one of them, you're another one. Nicole Pohl is another narrator that when mm-hmm. you guys go a la male, <laughs> I am like, I have, I've, I think I sent, yeah, I, I for sure have sent notes to Nicole and I even think Julia. Because I was like, I had to remind myself I was a straight woman there for a minute and that you were a girl talking because I was like, damn, that voice. Right? Right? That's what I said. When I saw her TikTok, I was like, Julia, damn, I might need to listen to one of your romance books. Holy shit, girl. Yeah. It's yeah. when you're gifted with like that D voice. Gabra Zachman is one of those. Yes, she's another one. Oh, my God. I love her. She is so good. And and uh Lauren Fortgang is yep. another one. Have you listened to her? And Piper oh, yeah. is also an Oh yeah. Audience. All my girls. Yeah. I've I've oh, had that so pleasure. Erin Moon and Aaron Mallon yeah. and like, oh my God. I just would name all of them. Like Andy yeah. Arndt, right? But yeah. Then, but they all have subtle differences. Andy That's, yeah, because totally. she's no she's known as like the girl next door type of narrator yeah. as far as the voice goes. Yes. So she can do that very sweet neighbor you know you can go get sugar from her but also a little <laughs> bit of that standout she's new to town and she doesn't know who's friendly kind of thing oh but so her males can also be you know um, you know like brooding and and she goes into this little lower register and there's just something about how she says the words that does it as well that you're going damn and and the same thing with like Aaron Mallon she'll go into it and it's like dude that's that's just, that's still you, Erin. That's still um, you. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You're yeah. like, are there other people in the studio? Like, what is going? Yeah. Well, it's pretty funny, too, because, you know, people in my life at times, they're like, they don't know who, who they're going to get, you know? Like, I'm sure Erin's <laughs> kids are like, oh, my God, Mom, who are you talking like? This is crazy. You, you just said Andy Arndt is like the girl next door. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to books that I do, what what what's what's my thing? <gasps> Oh, um, you are a lovely mix of going from the girl next door that has a secret to keep. She's there because she's running away from something. And we don't know if that's mass murder or an ex or or she just wants a fresh new start because she's done. Right. Wherever she was coming from. But then you can flip it and be that that neighbor that you know that you can just run up to her and say, I need a cup of sugar, please. And she's like, sure, sweetheart, here we go. Oh uh, yeah. So the, your range oh. yeah, is phenomenal. Yeah. It's just one of those things where I have a, which is why I also love casting and helping authors cast the narrators because mm. I get that insight. Okay. What are the characters like? And then I can start going through my mental list of like, check, check. Ooh, no, oh, the, oh, this one. Oh, Ooh. my God. Yeah. And, and having that range. And it's not so much when I say range on 
the vocal tones, whether you have the high pitch to the low pitch kind of thing. Right, but right. It's, it's how you use your voice, that instrument that you guys were gifted with. Um, and Julia Wayland does the same thing. Uh, in fact, I, I knew and became aware of Julia as Julia, but also as her pseudonym. And I was majorly crushing on that pseudonym. What's her pseudonym? I'm not going to tell you on anything. Oh, girl. <laughs> I'll just text her and ask her. Yeah, I was like, hey, Viv would not devout this I'm information. Not You're not outed. Um, but no, it was just one of those things where she does a lot of uh, romance and paranormal romance under her pseudonym. And I was like, loving it. But it's the range of how you use your voice, whether it's the, the cadence, it's the accent work, it's also the the knowing that kind of character are you the the neighbor that can give you the sugar or are you the handyman that can fix anything <laughs> except for your broken heart oh. uh, <laughs> but damn knows he's gonna try <laughs> my or the, friend or the murderer is, you know or the murderer oh god you know i love those i did a oh, yeah. ya series a vampire ya series oh my god my brain is like mush since covid and my car crash but let me try to remember um who was this uh, hold on i'm just gonna pull it up yeah <laughs> with the amount but of it was, you do, i don't blame you <laughs> so violent but it was this it was this um it was violent like uh the zombie series what what's her name um or uh, walking dead right it was like kind of that kind of violence it was just like guts coming out blah, blah, blah. But this girl, this 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 protagonist was so badass and so vulnerable at the same time. And I think those are kind of the books that people give me. They give me like some of the ones because they know I can. You know what someone said to me once? They were like, "You have like that voice that can do the really sad stuff because it's it sounds like you care." <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh no, no. Oh. My friend, oh, we did this at um, CDM, the Vampire World Publishers Pack. Okay, the Vampire World Saga for Podium Audio was such a good series. If anyone wants, like, I don't know why I'm, I'm pimping that out, but that was, like, so amazing. That's not the one I was thinking of, though. Who is this? We do love it when the, when the narrators are telling us about these awesome stories that you guys had so much fun narrating because we're going, not my genre, but you loved it, so I'm going to go get it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. my God. Well, and I'm known mostly for the Robin Carr, the Virgin River series. Yeah. Have you watched any of that on Netflix? Yes. <laughs> All of I it. Mean, what, or, oh yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like Devour. Tell me what you think, because I know you've listened, you've listened to the books as well. Yes. I've, yeah, I started the series. So it, that, that's become one of those where I saw that it was being made into a series via Netflix. And we all know the book's always better. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but they've done yeah. a really good job with keeping true to the feel of the books. And I think that sometimes that's more important than maybe the full storyline plot as well, just because there's only so much you can do with eight or nine episodes in a series, in a season versus, okay. uh, you know, 300 pages in a book. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those. I started listening. I think I'm in. I'm starting book two soon because you know that's a, I'm the planner, so I will put things on calendars. I love <laughs> how you just put that. Yeah, and they have to do it. They have to pull the stuff out because it's gotta it's gotta go into eight episodes of a season. But yeah, man, it's it's addictive. I was watching it um, during COVID, and I was like, oh my god, the world needs this so hard right now. Like I can't. Like we all need a hallmark. 
Right? <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, you know, it's good. You're going to get a little bit of the spice in this in different ways. And you're going to yeah. get all that. And then you're going to scenery. And I'm like, I want to live there. Um, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's filmed in Canada. <laughs> Vancouver is so freaking beautiful, dude. It is so beautiful. I I got to be in. Um, did you see me in episode two, uh, episode four of the first season? <gasps> no, I did not know. I, I, I was the girl credit. that walked into the bar and um, Paige bumps into and I was like, oh, my God, you look just like who I went to college with. And no, she's that, like, oh. oh, that was me. That was me. I got to, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, who are, and Paige is like, no, 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 I'm not who you think. Yeah, I, I got to audition and play a part on the on the, on the um, television, the Netflix series. It was fun. So how is that? As someone that has been narrating the series for a long time, you are familiar with the characters, you know the author, what their vision is for this series and what they've done with it. and and you have an idea of what the characters are like and things like that, to then see it play out in front of you a la Netflix. How is that? What are your thoughts on that? I'm gonna give you, that's a two-part question. So I'm gonna give you um, what it was like for me as the narrator who brought everybody to life for Robin and then was on a set in Vancouver and got to walk into Jack's bar, the same bar that I talked about in 40 books, you know? And I, it was emotional. It was emotional. And then I saw the actor that played Jack. And then I saw the actor that played Preacher. And then I saw Mel. And I was just like, hold on. I was all of you guys. <laughs> and I got to talk to the actress who played Paige and the actor who played Preacher. And I got to explain to them like what I did. And they're like, oh my God, you were everybody. You were all of us. And I thought to myself, you know, yes, I can play one character. It was surreal because I, as I told the stories of Virgin River and we built up the town with each book, each book brought new characters into this town called Virgin River. And now all of a sudden there's cabins there, you know, that they're, then there's new homes and there's a church and there's the bar and there's a, you know, they, we built that we had like a little map at recorded books, you know, of like each, each part of the town that we built. And to show up and see the set brought to life, it was so different from what I had seen in my head. It was so much more modern. Um, of course, it had to be because it's it has to be for like an audience today. But it was like, I was like, a this is going to sound totally cheesy. It was like coming home. Hmm. It was like coming home. And I sat with the executive producer in one of the booths in Jack's bar. And I just... It was surreal. That's the only word I can think of. It was surreal. It was like a full circle from Robin Carr's head to the words on the page, to the words coming out of my mouth, to the words going to everyone that's listening to it, their ears, to creating this world and this life. And now all of a sudden, now they get to see it visually, right? They had the movie playing out in their heads Yeah, I was bringing it to life for them through my voice, now they get to see it through their eyes and have a whole nother experience with it. Holy shit, holy shit. It's like the gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> but for the blind people and for the people that can't see the television and can't experience it that way, they got to have it in their heads and they got to bring it. I can't tell you how many emails I received from people that were like, my mother can't see anymore and she can't go to the movies or whatever she listens to the virgin river series and it's always playing in the house and to think i don't know i get emotional with it but to think like to just 
Think about it though. It's the oldest form of art is the oral tradition. We just tell each other stories. And so I literally was just telling Robin Carr's story and these people were listening to it, like whether they were in a wheelchair or like in a bed and they got to have their imagination sparked and come to life because of the words that were being read to them and performed for them. Holy shit. And then to go into the next medium, which is acting and, and, and set building. And now we get to see it in a whole nother medium now. Like it all started with an idea from Robin's head that she was brave enough to put down on paper and have published so that it could all, so now it could manifest into all these different things. I know that was a long answer, but. No, I love it. No, you're good. It's, um, I think sometimes we stop, we tend to forget that individual, you know, how lucky we are yeah. that we live in a world where we get to, you know, hear and see things when we can, um, because we don't have any issues with sites or, you know, we don't have any kind of, you know, thing where we can't. And, from a society perspective nowadays all you hear is oh my god when the season starts or oh my god did you see that we cannot wait until the next you know season of bridgerton or you know <laughs> filling the show kind of a thing and some people don't have the luxury of being able to see that and so you kind of feel like you're missing out on something mm. and to be able to still hear the books that is now being made into a tv show or a movie is something that you know people sometimes take for granted yep i love that i used to read uh, I, I think when people ask oh the book was always better than the movie or the book was better than that i say to them you know the only book i ever read that they kept the movie so perfectly what the book was in my opinion was one flew over the cuckoo's nest because i read the book and then i sat down and watched the movie and it was it was almost verbatim. They didn't change anything. They've changed a lot with the Virgin River, right? And again, they've had to. Now, I know you haven't listened to the whole series, but there's this whole thing with Paige. Um, you know, she's on the run and you find out why and blah, blah, blah. But like, they had to, again, bring it to modern and also make it cliffhanger for each uh, episode that ends, but we'll watch the next episode. And so that's different from a 300 page book. Yeah, that's different. It, they ha it has to be different because it's it's TV now. It's um, they have a formula to follow as well. So and speaking of formula, do you notice being a romance fan, fanatic fan, JK fan <laughs> um, that it is it's very formulaic isn't it the romance books um i think it gets a bad rap you know as far as the formula aspect of it and because it, it's always looked at from a romance perspective but also oh, in a, a good some, way i think it, in yeah a good way. Yes, yeah yes. but i also think that it happens in every genre outside yes. too because in order for it to be classified a murder mystery mm -hmm. a murder has to happen and there's got to be a mystery to it uh, who done it, how they do it. The journey varies um, on to how they, things get to the end, but there's got to be specific things that we, that it needs to, to have in order for it to be classified under that, that genre. Mm. And then you'll have the added bonus of when it comes to romance, 
you know, the listeners are, are reading for an escape purpose. They want to have right. the happily ever after. They want, so we all know, because if, if, if it doesn't have a happy ending, people, sorry, it's not a romance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happily for now is okay. But I mean, they don't have to get married and have five kids by the end of, you know, the end of the book, but I want to know that they're together at least for sure. That's what I want to talk about. I want to yeah. talk about that. Why? Now, Robin didn't do that. Robin no. Carr didn't do that. She doesn't have, but when I read a lot of romance as Savannah or GC, it's always, it's whether it's in the epilogue or it's at the very end, they're all getting married. I think I'm it, very curious about that. Go ahead. I'm curious about your thoughts. I think it goes back to us being little girls and no, and, and having us be fed the um, princess, you know, gets rescued by the hero. And they lived happily ever after and end scene with wedding vows. That's 100% right. How do you feel about that? I don't like it. Because one of the things I loved about Robin's story is that whole, she struggled with getting pregnant and she struggled after losing the baby and stuff like that. As someone that has gone through that loss, Mm -hmm. you know, when I see the happily ever after and they popped out five kids and I'm like, um, are you trying to say that for those of us that can't, we can't be happy or, mm-hmm. or also the whole thing that, you know, we are trying to escape and we don't need to have all the gory details because as someone that has gone through it, I know what it's like, but it, it brings some form of reality to that. I, as someone that either has a trauma because they were a victim of some form of abuse um, or someone that may have had a terrible accident and now has to go through stuff, whether it's rehab, relearning how to do things as, you know, as you know, with your recent um, accident and stuff like that. But there's also other things that go into it, mental, physical stuff for you guys, for the individuals like that, to be able to say, and she lived happily ever after what that happily ever after is different for all of us. It could be, I just got the guy <laughs> or I had the guy and then I was able to still be me and move to France and open up my bakery, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and that whole, it just goes back to that very old fashioned thinking of guy meets girl, girl becomes happy with guy, guy proposes, guy get, they get married, they have kids happily ever after done. And with, uh, I think that we're starting to learn that it's okay to have a happily ever after for now, or that what that happily ever after varies for each individual couple. Oh, that's so good. That's so, so good. Yeah. That's the part that I loved about doing the Virgin River series is that she dealt with like real, real issues, right. With like losing, losing pregnancies and, you know, and then especially the part where the guys were, you know, veterans and dealing with PTSD with that. And, and also she dealt with like the younger kids. I told her, I said, because she wrote the Thunderpoint series and then the Sullivan's crossing series. And I said, Robin, you do. And she told me, she said she had a really dear friend who was a therapist. Right. And, and they would talk about like the relationships and stuff but you could tell because that's the biggest compliment that she received is they're just they're people all of us would know and their relationships all of us would know and all of us have been through and so that's that's the part that i want to see like a fucking you get married yeah great you get married in the epilogue but then like give me another epilogue and tell me like now what are they dealing with in their marriage are they in counseling probably right <laughs> 
Like write the second book. Does she have to constantly remind herself that orange is not her color? (laughs) And that even though no one would blame her. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, come on now. Come on. That's not the, because everyone, we all grow up and we're like, oh my gosh, marriage and babies is the goal. And then you'll be fine. No, that's when life gets really difficult. That's when stuff gets really hard. Write the book starting from them getting married and the first baby. Like, and, and, and keeping up with that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How romantic is it when you and go out to dinner? And yes. And trying to keep yeah. up date night and all that. Yes. Yeah. My favorite is when you do that. You're like, Kenny, we're going to do date night. All right. We're going to do date night because we need to focus on us as a relationship because we're the couple. And then you go and you're in a romantic setting. Candlelights are, you know, you know, are lit. The food is fantastic. The music is going and you're looking at each other saying, so listen, that bill that's coming up I need to (laughs) we have got to do something about Tommy because yeah he's becoming a teenager and no that's not working out for me anymore that's right that's right that's right you lose yourself a bit I think as as you get older in a relationship and and even though people will say and I agree that the reason why we do romance is we're going to escape our reality so you know a lot many of us would not want to read about that couple that's going through counseling because they probably are going through it themselves but you also learned that you had a kink because you read, you know, a specific book and now you're exploring that, or you realize that you want to go to France, you know, and explore a a country that you had no interest except for croissants um, because of how, how the, what you saw through the characters because of how the author, you know, the words. And so there's different things that you can see that, you know, reminding yourself that this is why you fell in love with this person even though they leave their shit everywhere um and or that you don't look good in orange and or having the struggle that you know what it's okay i cannot have children the traditional you know way that does not mean that i'm a less of a woman that i don't deserve to be loved that i don't need to have that happily ever after and that that's going to vary and if i decide to be a mom what does that look like and I think that that's something that, you know, that series that Robin did br- brilliantly yeah. is acceptance of someone that you're with and knowing their boundaries that's you know? right. and saying, Hey, uh, if you're going to be with me, great, but this is what I, this is who I am. Yeah. This is what is going to happen. If you and I'm using the kids as an example, we're going to have to look at different options, adoption <laughs> yep. Yep. You know? and that's okay. hundred percent, hundred percent. Or I can't have kids and I'm going to, I'm going to grieve that loss. And then I'm going to see what it's like to be a 46 year old woman in this world. That is basically like my only job is to breed. Right. But I'm not. So what am I doing and giving women that aren't in that cookie cutter kind of like idea, hope and joy and, and, and acceptance. Like, yes, we're still fabulous, awesome, beautiful, creative people, even without the marriage and the babies or whatever it is that yes and i'm not taking away like yes that is that is super fun for a lot of people and that's what they want they want the happily ever after they want the princess the prince whatever that's awesome and and let's also have the real stuff in there so look apparently you and i need to start writing books like we need to start- <laughs> I don't know why we're still talking. We need to yeah, get busy. I know. But I also love that when she talks about veterans and the fact that they have, you know, they 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 went in with a particular thought process as far as why they wanted to be a soldier and protect the country that they're they're from and things like that. And what they go through, that that shifts sometimes. 
Yeah. And then they're, when they come home, what they have to deal with and how we as a society don't take care of them as they should be taken care of. Exactly. Right. And they're not provided with the necessary, um, anything from, you know, getting back into, you know, day-to-day stuff. I mean, when you go into the army and you're abroad, or even if it's just boot camp, you're going through a different schedule. You're going through things that are different. And then you come home and it's like, oh, what do you mean? You have, I have to get used to you now being you, the now you versus who you left you. And that's not talked about, you know? So I will never, ever say that I know what they endure over like going to a whole nother country and, and, and experiencing what they experience. What I can say is that after almost getting killed in a car crash and the car blowing up and getting like removed from the car by random strangers. And then I, I that was my closest experience to um, my mom just kept saying over and over again, like, you're, you're a soldier, you're a soldier. Like you're, you're like one of these veterans. You're like one of these veterans. I was just like, no, I'm not like, I never shot a gun. I never did any of that. But the truth is like, there is, I'm not the same in the world anymore. And I never will be when you endure something that extreme and that tragic. And then as soon as they got me out of the car, both cars exploded and other explosions were happening. I mean, the, it, it was, it was a war scene. It was, it was literally like just explosion after explosion telephone poles came down like this is what was told to me i i don't you know i was in and out in and out and uh the fact that i'm even here and that i'm alive but that i'm you know i'm handicapped now i i have a right leg and i've got arms and and a belly that were all cut open and and bones were sticking out sorry to be graphic but i i'm you know they come home and they've got prosthetics and they've got like but I, I'm not walking the same. I go down and try to walk my dog and it's, you know, I'm limping and I'm, I'm gimping and it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a reckoning with myself that I know that they probably have to have as well. And I'm not saying I know the level, their level is like times a hundred, right? Yeah. I, they're not the same and we don't treat them right. And, and, and I had an influx of people in the beginning, you know, and now I'm at that quiet time, right? And they go through it too. You see them, you see the veterans in wheelchairs, like selling pencils or like, you know, doing this kind of stuff. And it's my girlfriend and her husband uh, have a nonprofit called um, Rags of Honor. And it's it's to give veterans an opportunity to be employed and to work again. And they're based out of Chicago and their motto is coming home shouldn't be the hardest part of war. You know what I mean? I think that's right. I think I think I'm saying that right. Um, If I'm not, I deeply apologize, Kip. (laughs) Uh, But but it's it's the it's the point where you're making. Right. And I'm not sure where where we went, how this we got on this tangent, but it's it's it, oh yeah i do because we're we're talking about after, after yeah right yeah. and how do we how do we continue to support each other and how do we continue to hold each other up no matter what we go through whether it's a car accident whether it's a war and robin i gotta tell you playing some of those scenes with all of those guys at jack's bar there's like six guys she would put in these scenes like talking about you know like war and like different things and I remember being so frustrated because I'm like, God, they're all, I need like someone to have an accent or something so I can <laughs> differentiate. 
but it was this brotherhood and it was this camaraderie, right? And the women had it too. And so I think I, I, I honor Robin for, for bringing that to that, light. Yeah. And then for me to be able to bring it to life and now the series to be able to bring it to mm -hmm. life. Really no. Cool. And thank you for sharing. I know that's wanted, wanted to see about having that conversation about what happened to you because it was very public in, in the romance industry with a lot of your, you know, narrator peers and friends telling us what happened. And then when it came down to raising funds to help you mm. be able to do stuff and, and just do your struggles and how things would change for you, because a lot of times people don't think, Oh, that you should just be grateful. You survived. And you. while you might Thank be, you. you're now it's, this is an entire new you an entire new life and you have to relearn a lot of things and not just maybe how to hold a fork and a knife but how to react to different things and how to deal with people in your life that don't understand that um you're different that you are now a new you you know and so i thank you so much for sharing and we can dive deeper into that but i think that that's also where the, a lot of the romance community sometimes falters a little bit i love the romance community I will always say that, and it's a great group of individuals, but sometimes they just want that happily ever after and don't stop to think about what comes after or what that happily ever after looks different to different people. But they're also the first ones to bust out with a bully romance or a mobster. <laughs> so it's like they go, into, they go into dark romance and I'm like, girl, you would not, I know you, you will not put up with that bullshit in your life and they're busting out with, but it's, it's, it's an escapism. And I'm like, okay, well, the escapism, if it's okay for you to be in, you know, all turned on because he's, you know, talking down to her and not from a, from a King perspective, but just cause he's an asshole, um, you know, Talk it. you got, you yes. got to be okay with talking about things that are, are in real life aspect, but seeing how it's handled and seeing how we could have handled it differently or how you could have taken it differently. And, mm. and there have been aspects too, sometimes where there's been a you know, scenario with a, uh, that I've gone through something and they don't understand. I've handed them a book that I know talked about that or hit that notes that I was like, aha, that I cannot put it into words, but she did great, read this. And they go, oh, mm. so it could also be a good tool to have about you know, having these difficult conversations and realizing that it's okay to be different, um, but accepting who I am because of what I went through. I love that. Oh man, this is such a good conversation. This is, yeah. And and let me, let's let me let me just give a shout out to fantasy and to that escapism as being like a really healthy, fun one. I don't know, healthy, but fun. It's a fun, fun, fun one. And because it doesn't have to be serious all the time, we do need like to be like, oh shit, yeah, happily ever after. But here's the problem. When your husband walks through the door, your partner walks through the door <laughs> and they're not like the fucking perfect person that you just finished reading in a romance novel. What happens then, right? It's like, are we able to, to you know, translate it into then? Is Does it remain fun or do we need it to be our actual reality, right? But or could... how do you go about making it your reality? Yes. You Queen know, because yes. it's, it's the truth. Who you married and felt goo goo gaga over 20 years ago, you know, <laughs> someone that's been married for that long and been with them, you realize, because I've had it, I've said it out loud, you are not the same person. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 
That's previous right. you would not be doing this right now, you know, kind of fill in the blank. Um, but you learn that people change with time, just like I have. I'm sure that he's looking at me sometimes saying, God, you're still perfect, but that's a little different, isn't it? <laughs> 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 because we've all changed and I've changed because of stuff that's happened to me as an individual and to us yeah. as a couple. And I think it's similar to learning that you have a kink. And so that's where I, I talk about the sex aspect of things. As a, as a reader of romance, there have been times where I'm going, ooh, mm-hmm. highlight, 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 pass it over to the partner and say, read, learn tonight. Really? Oh yeah, because you 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 realize that sounds good or hey, we haven't done that one um, or okay. like, hey, let's do this. Um, I love that. That's amazing. I've never heard anyone say that like out loud. That's awesome. That's because people tend to have, you know, sex as a taboo subject and people don't talk about it openly, which is ridiculous in my eyes. But I, I, yeah, and I get it too, but I'm going, this is also why it's okay to, you can say it. Maybe you don't want to verbalize or you don't know how to, right? Highlighting what it is that you're wanting because they described it that way or you want to experience it that way allows and you're providing a tool and a manual and even though men are not known for reading manuals it's different (laughs) it's different (laughs) but sharing what you know what you want I think that's something that the your partner craves and wants to satisfy you in any aspect of life um that as long as they know I think that that's part of the conversation in therapy I didn't know she never told me she Mm -hmm. never explained Mm -hmm. to me that that is what she meant Mm-hmm. highlighting chapter four paragraph three <laughs> totally works but that also works for having these difficult conversations yeah. you know having that moment where you do plan date night because it was your turn to plan and you make everything work out great but he's late or everything works out you're at the restaurant you're eating your favorite meal but all you realize that you're talking about are the day-to-day stuff that's not you as a couple being able to highlight maybe that in a chapter and just say, hey, honey, I just went real quick. Can you read this and stuff like that? I, I, I couldn't put it into words, but this is what I'm talking about. Mm. It makes it also a little bit of a disconnect that he's not going to take personally or they're not going to take personally, that it's an attack That's on them. Really, that's so cool. That's it, such a good perspective. Yeah. You know, that helps. And I think sometimes too, how characters handle certain things. I, since you and I are writing a book, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I want the heroine to quack at the hero they've been married for a few years yeah and all of a sudden she starts quacking quack 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 and he's trying to figure out why the fuck she's quacking (laughs) and and if he you know he does something or doesn't do something or whatever you know he walks in the door and as he's going blah blah to the to the kitchen all he hears is quack 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 and then he finally says all right honey i love you and if we need to get you some help um, just, but, but why the quacking and for her to bust out with, because you're like a duck and you leave your shit everywhere <laughs> and have her explain that, you know, shoes go in the closets, not in a place where it's right there in the middle and they're tripping over things when they're coming in with a handful of groceries or trying to get oh. the kids in line or, you know, that they, they couldn't find something and they spend 30 minutes looking for that one thing that if they would only have put it back where it belongs. Oh. And now, because they had that difficult conversation, which was funny because she's fucking quacking. <laughs> but now it becomes code that when something happens and she goes quack, quack, he knows nothing else needs to be said. 
nothing needs to get into deeper conversation. It does not become the you should know better conversation. How many years have we been together and you still put the keys where they don't belong? Mm. You know, that are these things that because we change with time and mm-hmm. it just could be your mental moment. If you had a bad day at work and the, you know, you realize that you were low on gas and you just made it and the AC fill in the blanks. And the first thing you walk in the door and you forget to put your keys where they belong or something away to have that conversation of how many years have we been together? And you still, all you gotta do is just go quack, 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 quack. <laughs> so cute. So cute. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. But th- those are the things that sometimes you learn by reading and learning how a character, can you imagine that in romance? Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You so know? funny. You know, it's like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's 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 providing people with an opportunity to have these difficult conversations and to have the ones that are like, I want to try this kink out or I want to try this. Say this to me, you know, take me out. I want to go to this restaurant because it's similar to what this book said, you know. So great. It's, it's important. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, you have gone through a lot yourself in the past year. Um, for those that may not have known, she mentioned it a little before, she was in a really bad car accident because of a drunk driver. Mm. Um, you know, this could have ended her life. Um, she was fortunate enough to survive, but there's a lot of things that have gone through it. I mean, there's physical therapy, emotional aspect of things, and, and it's just a lot. And you've been sharing your journey with everyone on social media. And that also, talk about vulnerable. And so thank you for putting yourself out there and, you know, showing us the good and, you know, and all the good stuff that you've always done in life, but also sharing with us that it's okay when things happen and to be true to yourself and to be, you know, to show, share that as well. You know, today's social media, everybody's on vacation, everybody's eating the filet mignon and everything is great. (laughs) And people are like, but why not me? And the reality is that called filters they don't look that good and it's a a backdrop they're not at the beach (laughs) oh my gosh right um and you know what it's okay for you to have a moment of you know a mental breakdown it's okay to have a moment where you're saying hey this is what's going on in my life right now and you took us through your entire journey of your ups and downs and and putting a human spin on what are the consequences when you choose to drink and drive? God. Well, he's in jail waiting for sentencing. And I was able to ask the prosecutor to please advocate that he go and wait in jail until he's sentenced because for 10 months he's been at home, I don't know, drinking and smoking. And I've been trying to learn how to walk again. And I just didn't think that was fair. So he's in jail now, but you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know why I did that. To be honest with you, I have no fucking idea why I, oh, I do because I had a GoFundMe that people were so, I'm still in awe. I can't believe the generosity that came pouring in. I'm speechless about that. It, it, it allowed me to live and not work for a minute because um, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, get to my studio. I couldn't walk. Um, and it just, but the support, the support that came pouring out of the audiobook community, I, I, it's like nothing I ever 
I ever experienced before in my life. You know, um, it's such an isolating job and you do know people are listening, but it wasn't until I was in that hospital and flowers coming in from publishers and messages and notes. And I just felt an obligation to like, let y'all know, like, here, here's what's happening. Here's where we're at. And yeah, I have this, I mean, I am an actor, but I, the crash kind of crashed out the, the need to please, to make it pretty, to put the filter on. I, got, I just don't have the energy anymore. And so to see, like, I wanted you guys to see me at physical therapy. I wanted you to see, like, I was, I was working at this and that, and that, you know, you donate money sometimes and you never know what happens to the person. You're just like, well, what, I hope she's okay. Right. And I don't know. I just, I'm, I just wanted you guys to know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it still is really hard. <laughs> like I'm, he, he changed my life forever. Like I, I was hiking with my dog. I was at the ocean with my dog. I was walk. I can barely walk my dog more than a mile. And I, uh, I can't, he physically altered my, my, my life. But what it, what the gift that I got from this crash is that it's the only time I've ever been able, because I had to sit still, sit still and just be and, uh, breathe. I couldn't, I couldn't move in my hospital bed, right. For like six weeks, like they had to roll me over and bathe me and, um, Yeah. And and it's, and it's hard as an independent individual that has used to taking care of yourself for so long, things like. So independent. So you know, independent. picking also, up the glass to drink because you're thirsty at that moment. You yeah. can't do it now. Yeah. I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't fucking get up and go to the bathroom. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to get out of bed and go to the bathroom and I couldn't do it because I couldn't walk. I couldn't move. And I, uh, yeah, man, the shit you take for granted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, like I don't take that for granted at all today. Like I'm just, and, and, and to be able to have that, you know, I don't know how long I'm, I'm going to be alive, but I, I'm supposed to still be here. I, cause I was supposed to die there. Like I had enough doctors tell me like, how are you still here? Like I was hit head on 60 miles an hour, 65 miles an hour hit head on. All I know is I was driving. I was listening to the Dr. Death podcast and I was going to meet my sister and my niece for sushi. And the next thing I know, something is like, Therese, 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 hey, Therese. And I thought it was me saying it over and over again. And it was, it, I was crunched like a potato chip and I opened my eyes. And the next thing I heard was we got to get her out. And three guys pulled me out of this car, uh, which was on fire. I didn't know. Uh, the engine was like on my leg. I didn't know. And, uh, and pulled me out. And then we're like, we have to move her again. And then they were cutting my jeans off to tie a tourniquet around my leg. I don't know, girl. It was just crazy mm-hmm. and then I got into hack I got into the hospital and because I was listening to the Dr. Death podcast oh God. I was like please don't hurt me please the Dr. Death podcast and I thought I was talking normal but apparently I had bit down on my inside of my mouth and so I was just like blah, 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 blah. but I, I mean I made sense to myself yeah yeah that <laughs> that, that, that happens <laughs> seven different surgeries began and mm-hmm. I mean they, they had my stomach open, my, my legs, my elbow, bones were sticking out everywhere. I just, 
I was like still thinking in my head, I was thinking, I wonder what sushi roll I'm going to get. Like I still thought I was going for dinner. I thought I was going to get like a stitch or two. Like I had no, because your body goes into survival mode. This is what I didn't realize. And when you're in shock, it's so interesting. And I think I'm going to say this right now that I am just now coming out of shock. I am just now, and, and, and that's why I'm walking right now and I'm not still in a wheelchair because the survival mode that I went into was so intense. I was like, no, I walk. And then I tried to get out of the bed and I tried to walk and I started sobbing because I couldn't, it, everything hurt so much and I couldn't walk. And I remember my sister was standing there and she's like, it's gonna be okay. And I was like, I don't understand. So that's been my journey is connecting my mind and my body and my spirit again and just being really, really, really nice to myself right mm-hmm. now because my brain is not the nicest place. <laughs> She's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, bitch, I can't. Like, I'm <laughs> did, you not get, did you not get the memo? <laughs> so yeah, that's been, yeah. And I, yeah. you know, my Instagram got hacked. And oh, so I know, I, yeah. Yeah, right. And, but it's actually kind of cool because I took that as a sign. I was like, okay, so we'll just, now we'll just live. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, it's all good, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. My my niece has someone that works for Instagram that's going to try to send me an email eventually at some place and help me get that. But honestly, who cares? Like, who cares? I'll post to the GoFundMe so you guys can all know what's happening. And that goes to Facebook or whatever. And I'll, I'll let you know what's going on. But ugh, social media, I mean, I know it connects us all and I know we're here, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's, it's we have forgotten that there is more to what we're seeing and whether that's the happy face and if all we're getting is happy something's not right there (laughs) you know it's like it's it's, but it's selective sharing is what I call it selective sharing people will only share when things are good others will also share only when things are bad we all have different mindsets and our brains work differently and and what we want out of it there's some individuals that want to have the center of attention and it's like oh woe is me you know and people run and then there's always that happy-go-lucky person that the moment that they have a down and they they try to share some people are like you're exaggerating that's not really how it happened and you're going bitch did you live this no um and it's just one of those things that people don't stop to think that there's a real person behind that account and that's why I always tell authors and narrators have a business account where you can share all the fun stuff that you're doing and give me some of that oral goodies. <laughs> Cause we like the oral goodies. And that's just the fact that you got cast in a book and that you signed the contract versus some of anything else. And it's like fill in the blank, but know that that's your business account for so us. We know that it's business and hold yourself accountable that you are a business as a narrator. And as an author, you are your business. You are reflective of your brand. So yeah. what you say matters. How you say it matters. Who you support. And I'm not talking politics. I'm just talking about people. Um, also matters. And then add the different layers, you know, belief systems politics and stuff like that we are entitled to what we want and we can and we should be able to separate what we do in our personal life with what are we do in our business life um but i think sometimes people forget that 
that they think that that's all we're getting is that person as an individual yeah. and and that, that that is all should what we should be getting and you were because you were sharing all this other cool stuff that's happening to you and then boom life was it too much no no as someone so i have not been in your shoes as far as someone that's gotten into an accident and survived but my mom has my mom was mm-hmm. and i had to i was 13 she was on her way to pick us up from school to take us because it was our birthday weekend. And, and I say we, because I have a, an identical twin sister, she mm-hmm. was going to pick us up. And at the last minute, she decided to go to the bank first for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And this is where I say, sometimes stuff happens for a reason and we don't know it. Otherwise we would have been in the car with her, but she decided to go to the bank first and get the money. And it was one of those roads where it's a, you know, four lanes in one direction, four lanes in another direction and going under construction as it happens in Miami all the time. And they weren't paying attention and she was in the right of way. She was waiting to turn into the shopping plaza and she got rammed on her side of the car, head on that way. Literally that it was like a fortune cookie, the car, whoosh. And it was one of those things that similar to you, the doctors had no freaking clue how she survived. And that's That's amazing. Yeah. And so I, again, was 13. And so I had to learn that my mom was in this accident, learn everything that was going on and then help her day-to-day stuff from going to the bathroom to feeding her through a syringe because her mouth was shut with wires. And, and then as time progressed for her to cry, to say, I just want a burger (laughs) and not in the blender, Viviana, (laughs) you know, I just want a ham, you know, Burger King burger with cheese, you know, things like that, that we take for granted, painting her nails and her tone. And she couldn't do any of that stuff. And, and as a teenager, you know, looking back at it now as an adult, there were moments too, that I was like, why can't she just do it herself? Viviana bitch because she couldn't <laughs> you know and it's just it's your traditional teenage moments but then you know you fixed it and stuff like that and and, How and she, she today? um she was better she she like you she was a fighter so as I, as you're sharing your story I was like yes girl you can do this you know you'll be able to do this I know you can because I saw my mom go through it she was an active runner an active swimmer. She was um, in martial arts and things like that. And she couldn't do a lot of that stuff immediately afterwards. Yeah. And it was so hard on her because she's like, I could do this. Yeah. And that's it was because exactly of and someone yeah. else's stupidity. Yeah. Someone else's choice that they yeah. chose to get behind the wheel. Yeah. And they chose to not abide by the rules. I now have to deal with all this. And for her, she was like, not, it's not only impacting her, but it's impacting us, her three kids and, you know, her husband and stuff like that. She was, she, we lived in a townhouse where we were on the second floor. And so we were living, living like the kitchen and the living room were all on the second floor of the building, but our bedrooms were then on the third floor. So stairs and stairs and stairs, she could not do stairs. So she was ending, she moved in with her brother, which was in the apartment complex across the street, but for her to not be with her family was emotional detrimental. So we would stay over and take turns, you know, sleeping over and taking, you know, just so she has that there in case she needed somebody or something, or just that familiarity, you know, 
So as I saw you go through all your stuff, I saw a lot of that energy that my mom had in getting back to a better self for herself, a better new, better version of herself. Yeah. And she, she did, she ended up, you know, being able to talk again. And, you know, as soon as those wires came out and she was able, cause you know, her jaw was broken in several paces, her, her collarbone as well. The first thing that she ate was a Burger King burger. And she's like, it is the best burger ever. I love her. I love her. <laughs> but see, those are the kind of stories that started to come in. And it just helped me not feel so alone because I've never been through anything like this before. And it's almost like if you are courageous enough, like listen to the story you just shared back with me. You like know exactly how it feels. And you know how it feels to be the soldier with the wounded person. Like her along the way and your the rest of your family i appreciate you sharing that with me so much you have no idea and so may i ask i'm not even a year out of my crash is she back to being a little more active so this was uh many years ago she is no longer with us she passed away about two years ago but but i will tell you she was always always a happy-go-lucky life is the best it was amplified of not taking anything for granted. I'm right. talking about yeah. spending the time with the family, figuring things, the, the bills, you know, they'll be there tomorrow. Um, but making the most out of her day-to-day life. And she went back to running. She got her black belt in Goju Ru. And it, you know, um, and she was able to get back to quote unquote normal um, in, within a couple of a, a year to two years. But there's also a lot of psychological stuff that happens. Yeah, you know, and and people sometimes don't stop to think about that because like, why do you have any issues? You survived and now look at you, you're walking. Granted, it's not as well. You you know what I mean? I'm sure you've heard it. Um, If you haven't, unfortunately, you may. And this is also where you guys come to go through the screen and bitch slap someone across the head for thinking that. But um, a lot of things happen that are, you know, similar to the soldiers when they come back from war. There's a lot of PTSD that's happening, whether it's, oh my God, my kids are now going to be 16 and they're driving. And what if they have, you know, so we were, where are you going? How, okay. What, what time are you going to get there? And if we did not check in, she thought the worst, Yeah, you know, that we got into a car accident and that they were alone and stuff like that. She also every year on that date would make sure that she took it, even though the crew changed but it was from the same fire department and paramedic department, she would send them Dunkin' Donuts or send them a a catered lunch and things like that just for her to share the thank you because like you, she was cut out of the car. That's a great, Uh, yeah. You know, and it's just her showing her gratefulness to those individuals and those in that line of work because I think we take them for granted as well. We appreciate that they're there for us, but we're like, eh, until you need them. Then it becomes like, oh my God, thank you so much. So I also learned a lot from her about appreciating those small moments that you have with each other and appreciating those individuals that risk their lives to, to help you and things like that. Cause they're the ones also running into the building of fire or into the, you know, the car that's on fire to get you out. Yeah, that's 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 a great place to kind of close up our talk. Cause I I uh, I was really, I've been thinking about how do I spend that first anniversary, right? And my um, my ex-husband was like, we're going to go to Philly and we're going to climb those steps that Rocky did. And we're going to do that. And I just, I, there was a part of me that's like, maybe I think you need to do that. I'm not sure what I need to do. And I have friends that are like, we're going to, and you just, 
literally put it in my lap. I'm going to send my surgeon, I'm going to send it to her office, a gift. And then I don't know who the paramedics were, but it's Hackensack Hospital. So I can do something over there. And the homicide detective that pulled me out of the car and I held his hand the whole time. He and I have been emailing. We can't we can't talk that much because it's the case is still open, but I'm gonna that 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 day I was so I was so nervous. I was like, oh God, how am I gonna yeah, if I make it about everyone that helped me, I think it's gonna make it so much better. Thank yeah. you, Viviana. Thank huh. you. Yeah, I, I think that sometimes we yeah. try to um make others happy as far as maybe going to Philly and doing those stairs. But how are you gonna feel if halfway up there you can't because you're physically not in the you know, you can't, but mentally adds to that physical block. Right? How are you gonna feel? That's not a way to celebrate. That's not, that's also, that's not what you want. So even if you wanted to stay in bed and read a book and just go, I am grateful for being here. That is fine. Mm. That is okay. And, 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 and that does not take away from anything. You are here. You are a survivor. You are a hard worker that did not give up. And by sharing your story, there are other people out there that are going through something similar, whether it's a car accident, whether, whether it's depression, whether it's postpartum depression, whether it's just like, why am I here? Why am I here? Nothing's going my way. Why do I bother? Seeing your story and seeing how you survived and how you continue to move forward, knowing that that journey is going to be different for you than it was before the crash, but you're still moving. That's what's important. I'm going to write it. <laughs> it's been percolating. I'm just afraid. And you just gave me the biggest gift I've ever received. And I hope you can feel me coming through yeah. the recording and hugging you so, yeah. so tight. I'm just hugging you. I'm still, we're Aww. still hugging. Still, it's still yep. I feel. <laughs> I feel it. Uh, funny. You I know, mean, people... People play up like, oh yeah, I'm such an empath, but I am an empath. You know, I, I feel yeah, what's going on yeah, around me. And, yeah, and yeah, and I and I know that it's hard. And I know that people have expectations of us. Um, and it's inclusive of our family. And they mean well. They truly do mean well. Um, they don't, they just sometimes don't know what to say. Yeah. So, like, you know, even that thing, oh, well, things happen for a reason. Yeah, sure. Like, I know things happen for a reason, but explain to me why this. <laughs> I got the memo years ago about appreciating my time <laughs> on this earth. Yeah. Um, but so that's where I, I say that we have to, and you're doing it the right way. You are giving yourself permission to just be in the moment and, and expecting and, and, and knowing that things are different. Your journey is still you. You are still who you are, but the path is going to look a little different you know, and those that are going to walk along with it are going to have to walk a little slower and are going to have to follow you where you want to go to be part of your life. And if they don't, they can stay back there. You keep walking, you keep moving forward. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for this talk. And Mm -hmm. thank you for your, for being exactly who you are. What a light in the world you are. It has been an absolute joy talking with you today. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, thank you. And I know we got off the topic of books, but at the end of the day, we are human beings. And that was perfect. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, you know, kind of like focusing on you. It's who you are. You are uh, this fantastic, gifted, talented individual that can totally 
provide us with the escape of being in, you know, this little town or being in that murder mystery or being in that vampire world. And, um, and having those moments where like, dude, there are six guys at that bar. And I know <laughs> that it's just her because according to this title, it's narrated by just the one person. But I swear I'm hearing five or six different guys there. <laughs> So I swear. Yeah. Like, don't lie to me, people. <laughs> Who else did you have in the booth with you? Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it just, you know, you provide us with that escapism and stuff like that. So I, you know, being able to just talk to you has always been a privilege and, and being able to sit here and be your, you know, your key leader and say, you go, girl. You move oh, that, move that it thing, you know. World. It yeah. means so much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple of fun questions if you still have time for me. I have a couple more minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so as you know, when you know, we all have that one song in our life that <sighs> it doesn't matter what mood you may have been in. If you're in, you know, if you're you're running around doing housework or you're just sitting and you just hear them, even as a part of a commercial nowadays. <laughs> those the songs come up and that we're like the it thing or knowing commercials girl um <laughs> or insurance policies but anyways when that song comes up what is that song for you that you're just like singing at the top of your lungs or you're doing a little shimmy shimmy dance it's a beautiful day who thinks it's a beautiful day yeah it's a beautiful day is that yeah that's the one i love and i yeah. can't think of who sings it right now but yeah isn't it you is it you too they mm -hmm. might have a version of it or yeah. i don't know why i thought it was like chris martin or something i Could don't know be. but i know the popular version is the youtube version oh yeah it's totally youtube what am i talking about yeah, yeah. i love yeah. it i love it i love yeah. it yeah so it. that's that's definitely a good groovy song and then a good reminder too that like i said even if you're grocery shopping that comes on on aisle nine oh, <laughs> she a, little, to it a little yeah, yeah a little bit of the shimmy shimmy and stuff like that and then so um yeah the purpose of me asking that question is that um my plan is to add it to my phone so when you and i get together and hang out whether it's at a book signing or getting over some coffee to hang out um that song but i'm going <laughs> I want it. I want to see it. I want to hear you because it's because it's fun. Oh, um, <laughs> so cool. I love it. And you do work with words all day. Um, what is your favorite word? Not a curse word because that's the second part of this question. <laughs> oh my goodness! What is my favorite word? Compartmentalize. I like saying it. I like the p. I like the compartmentalize i like mental maybe because mental's in it <laughs> <laughs> but even how you said it that first compartmentalize there was like a like, bunch of different syllables but also different meanings behind each part <laughs> i was like love it that's a good word that's a good word um what about your favorite curse word fuck <laughs> <laughs> no second guessing here people <laughs> i love it i yeah. love it Oh, perfect. Well, before we go, why don't you tell us what you're currently working on that you can share and what's coming up next for you that we can add to our library of wish lists? Oh, man, this is well, just again, I just want to thank you. You are such an absolute light in the world and and being able to talk to you today is, uh, was just fantastic. Okay, currently working on a woman with two shadows Ooh. for Audible. And uh, a really scary one coming up called Slender Man. 
um, about that case. Uh, so that's super scary. And then I'm also doing a Dark Angel series for Blackstone. Dark Angel Mercenary series. It's kind of like, yeah, it's a sci-fi series and she's a badass chick with like pink hair, purple hair. She's just like taking out all the crazy aliens in space. So we've got a couple things happening all at once. Do I have any, do I have any romance? I don't think I have any romance coming out right now. I can't, I can't remember. My memory has, has really been affected by the, uh, by the crash. And so, I mean, I couldn't remember shit before. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I just remembered all those projects that I'm working on. No, I mean, you guys are totally like always, that's something too. Sometimes people will get and say, I can't believe that they could not tell us what's coming. I'm like, I go, girl, because by the time you're done and that that book releases, 15 books have already been recorded. That's right. That's right. Oh my God. Yeah. What's the second part of that question? So what I'm working on and then what was, did I answer all of it? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being part of this year's audiobook loving series and taking the time to chat and share you with us. Oh man. And June is audiobook month. We're going to have the best month ever. And June 11th is the one year anniversary of this crash. And just know on that day, you gave me the best gift of in the world of learning what I what I can do in order to balance out the the emotions that are sure to come that day by giving back and thanking everyone that kept me alive. Thank you for that. Oh, I need um, I'm always here. And I know sometimes it's it's hard to see that as a celebratory situation. But I think that it's a good moment to just give thanks, you know, that you're that you're here. And also those that help you be able to be here. Yeah. yeah. So thanks mom for that idea too. Yeah. <laughs> and for showing me that's the kind of life that you want to live too. So, so thank good. you for that. Everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this chat as well as a series. Please make sure to follow her on social media. We will be including all those links and hopefully she can get out of hacked jail Instagram. Um, but we'll figure <laughs> that out. Um, we will provide you all the links over at audiobook loving series landing page at Viviana Enchantress of Books. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you for joining us in the Audiobook Lovin' series, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program 